Welcome to the Business of Criminal Law. My name is Josh Barron. Today I'm talking to Shreya Lay. Shreya is an asset protection um, attorney in Seattle, Washington. Um, we're going to talk about how to take a vacation as a small business for small law firm owner. Um, Shreya has just this fantastic autoresponder. I reached out to her um, with a couple of questions and she wasn't able to respond because she was on vacation and I was kind of so inspired by her uh, vacation autoresponder that I just said, let's talk about that. I'd love to learn more about it. So um, Shreya is a fantastic attorney. You can ca- uh, contact her on her website, layroots.com, which is uh, her firm website, or you can connect with her on LinkedIn. Um, she's got a lot of insight and a great positive attitude to having a small law firm. Shreya, this is such a great, I'm so excited to see you and to speak to you. Um, you're my uh, law firm role model. I'm so excited to <laughs> learn about how to go on vacation. Um, our conversation is happening because I reached out to you and you were on vacation and you had this fantastic autoresponder. Tell me about your most recent vacation. Sure. Um, our most recent vacation was we signed up for adult camp. So um, <laughs> I moved around quite a bit as a youth. And then also my parents are immigrants. So they didn't know about kids camp. So I had never gone to camp before this summer. And so we went to a snowboard camp on Mount Hood, right outside of Portland. And where, um, yeah, it was basically just adult camp. You went out every day and snowboarded and they would kind of teach you things. I love it. And then, yeah. (laughs) Were you an experienced snowboarder already or was this you getting into it? I am not super experienced. I've been doing it for about four or five years. The first time I went um, snowboarding, I was in high school, but I just was really bad for a long time until I took lessons about four years ago. And so I wouldn't call myself experienced. I would say I'm like a experienced beginner. (laughs) (laughs) Wonderful. So um, how long was this trip? It was a week. And were you completely disconnected or did you have times that you responded or what did you do? No, we were not completely disconnected. I mean, I think every law firm owner can appreciate the struggle of being completely disconnected. Although I do recommend it that you do that at least sometimes. But we did set aside time to respond to people and um, just respond to emails and make sure that people knew that they were, that we cared about them, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. <laughs> I like that way of, of saying that because I think I would have expected you to say to like put out fires or to solve their problems. But the real problem is that sometimes our clients feel neglected. Like it's, it's they don't, yeah. they want to make sure that you're still working for them. Uh, that's fantastic. Um, so did you sort of block out a time every day and you just refuse to do any work outside of that? Or were you like answering the phone on the mountain? Uh, no, not answering the phone on the mountain. Yes, we blocked out time every day uh, to answer things. Luckily, camp, the way it was structured was it was essentially went until 2 p.m. Um, every day. And so after 2 p.m., we would answer people or respond to emails or do quick little things. We are also lucky that the vast majority of time, our clients do not have fires. I know Mm -hmm. that can be different for criminal defense, but our, uh, our clients for the most part, I mean, 
they might think that they do. They mostly don't. Uh, we have had some situations where people have an actual emergency. <laughs> Is this mostly estate planning and kind of um, that kind of work? It's asset protection, which kind of bridges the gap between estate planning and business planning. Mm. And so the way I like to divide it up for asset protection is that the dividing line is death. Mm. And so estate planning is what happens to my stuff after I die for the most part. And asset protection is how do I protect myself while I'm alive? And so it uses many of the same tools as business planning or estate planning, but focused on how do I protect myself while I'm alive so I can enjoy my retirement Hmm. or, you know, have something to pass on to my kids or whatever the person's goals might be. Very cool. (laughs) Very cool. So tell me about like, so the lead up to this trip, how did you kind Mm -hmm. of prepare your clients, prepare yourselves? How did you make sure that this was going to be a successful trip? You know, we have the same, a lot of it can be nerve wracking. Um, So a lot of it is just preparing ourselves mentally for, we're not going to answer emails all the time, (laughs) but about, you know, two, starting about two weeks before going on the trip, we start warning people. So anyone new that's signing up or, um, like most particularly newer clients are the ones that we kind of focus on mm. are as far as preparing them. And so any conversations or emails that might come through, we respond to it with, Hey, welcome. Thanks for hiring us. Just so you know, if you get us this information that we need from you in this time frame, we will not be able to respond to it as quickly as we normally would, but we will get, to it, you know, the following week Mm. and explain to them why that is. And then we tell, we have um, an outsourced receptionist. Mm. So we use smith.ai. I know there's like a bunch of other companies out there and we also just tell them as well. And then we have an online calendar. So um, scheduling people, clients have scheduling links where they can book follow-up conversations, but our receptionist Smith has our scheduling link also. And so we make sure and block out times that we won't be available. So no one gets scheduled. And then we have to reach out to them and say, Oh, actually we can't talk to you then. That's so cool. I think that's something I need to start doing. Um, I have a million kids. And so we go on trips, you know, (laughs) regularly, I would say. And um, sometimes I do a bad job of just preparing people and setting their expectations. So I think that's such a great tip to just let people know, Hey, it's going to be this period of time. Um, how have yeah. your clients responded to that? Have they been supportive? For the most part, uh, we have a lot of clients when they respond to us. So I would say we had um, for Colin's 40th birthday, we went to Peru for three weeks and we had blocked out sometimes to work during that um, period because it's a long period of time. Mm-hmm. And we, the way we structured that one is we would be completely off grid for four or five days and then be back and working for three or four days and then maybe go off grid again for a little Mm. while. Mm. Um, and so we had certain days that were available. Um, when we sent out that out of office message to people and we told people we were in Peru and kind of why we were there, um, in, in our out of office message, 
people would respond back with like, oh, you know, that's so great. I remember when I went to Peru with Mm. my buddies and we did that one client responded with pictures of this road trip he had taken with, you know, a couple friends when he was in his, you know, early twenties and surfing up and down the coast of Peru and um, someone else who had wanted a consult and it, you know, his consult was obviously delayed, was a little bit peeved. He had emailed and he's like, I want, you know, a consult sooner. Like, why do I have to wait five days? And when he received our out of office message, he was like, Oh, never mind. Thank you. Yeah, that's great. Um, I don't mind waiting. That's great. <laughs> that's fantastic. I'm glad that our clients are so, uh, that your clients are so um, understanding and supportive of that. So tell me, so this magic out of office responder, tell us about it. What do you, how do you decide what to put in <laughs> it? And can we steal it? <laughs> I mean, some of the things I'm sure you can. Um, steal, I mean, the things that you can are, you know, so in August um, of 2017, that was our first vacation. We had been in business for about three and a half years, I think at that point. And that was the first like completely off-grid vacation we took. And we went to climb the Grand Teton Mm. in Wyoming. And so I said, this is the exact one. I looked it up for this podcast. I said, Colin and I are currently in Jackson, Wyoming, attempting to summit the Grand Teton. If you have spoken to us over the last year, then you probably know that we have been training for this trip for the last year or so. I jokingly say that we are testing the limits of our relationship because you really have to trust each other when climbing up a 1500 foot face together and camping in the backcountry. Be prepared for stories upon our return. We're only going to be gone a week. So if you need to talk to me, please consider scheduling some time with me using this calendar or by calling our office number and speaking to our receptionist. Alternatively, you can leave me a detailed email message and I will get back to you once I'm off the mountain. Fantastic. I love that. Because (laughs) I think in some of our um, auto messages, we just say like, I'm not available and I won't be available to this day and I'll have limited email. But I like how much personality and... I don't know, like it was like a little bit of travel writing. I was like, oh, I want to experience that <laughs> vicariously through Shreya. That's fantastic. Yeah. Um, have you used other responders? Uh, we have. Um, I mean, there are a lot of times there's a variation of basically that. Um, there was one where we went on, you know, a surf trip and I said, Colin and I are uh, camping and surfing. Some of you may not know this, but Lay Roots was born on a surf trip five years ago. And so I told them a little bit about how we started our business. And I wrote, we hope that you will see the benefit of this time off for us in providing services to you. So thank you for being patient with us. We will have limited connectivity. So it may take us a little longer to respond, but we'll be back soon and you can schedule time in these 15 minute increments here. Um, and I always tell people they can leave me a detailed email message if they, if they want. I love and that. so, yeah, it's basically variations of that. And I tell them, you know, a little bit about what we're doing, maybe why we're doing it, why we have such limited availability. And so it kind of softens the blow for people as well Mm. I think of like oh well I want this thing right now I want to talk to you why can't I talk to you and so it just kind of preempts that conversation and I have found that people are very responsive to that 
and they don't begrudge their attorneys uh, time off. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Uh, it can be so scary, right? To go to kind of cut yourself off mm-hmm. from your connections to your clients. Um, oh, for sure. It kind of leads me to kind of a little bit of a broader theme in your practice, which is that um, your practice has so much personality. Um, I think a lot of people would think, you know, um, wealth. Oh, I forgot what we called it. Not estate planning, not wealth management. Oh, asset, asset protection. protection. Asset protection. Mm-hmm. They think asset protection, that's kind of dry. Like, yeah. you know, that's going to be, you know, some complicated forms and, you know, creating a trust. How could mm-hmm. I possibly add my, you know, personality to that? How do you think you and um, your partner were able to kind of be brave enough to share so much of who you are and then um, to, to like have the idea of like putting that into sort of the marketing message of, of your firm? Yeah, I think we drew inspiration from a number of different sources. One, we looked to brands that we really enjoyed buying from and looked at their marketing and Mm. thought about why we liked them. And to say that we came up with this straight out the gate um, is false. Mm -hmm. We, you know, played with a lot of different things and it it has evolved over time and become more and more honed. Um, I think we realized, well, so there are a few different things, right? Like as um, legal ethics go, there's always some like complication about can you give legal advice online? Mm -hmm. I think more and more people are being brave enough to like venture out into answering questions and doing podcasts or videos or blog posts about certain topics. But we almost didn't want to deal with that. Um, And so we focused on telling our story. Mm. Um, Part of the reason for that is we read this book called the story brand book, where they talk about um, writing the story and why people buy from you. We're big fans of Seth Godin and he talks a lot about storytelling and then drawing inspiration from these other brands. We were like, well, if there's asset protection firm A and an asset protection firm B, and we both are saying we're like the best asset protection providers, no one knows the difference, right? We want to work with the people who are maybe similar to us or mm. who understand our personality. I mean, if you make a joke and nobody laughs, or if you, you know, are trying to tell some, uh, tell someone an analogy so that you can uh, explain your services better and they, it's completely out of their realm of life experience, it doesn't really work that well. It becomes a more difficult working relationship. Mm. And so we wanted people who would appreciate us for who we are. Um, And also we did it as a way to differentiate ourselves from other folks. We were like, Hmm. okay, well, what would we look for in an attorney um, if we were hiring someone? Yeah. I wish I had had the confidence to do any of that. When I first started my practice, when I started my practice, I was, um, let's see, 2000, I was 23 and Mm -hmm. I, you know, people often commented on how young I looked. So I think I looked like I was like 16, you know? And, um, and so I would always kind of pretend that I was this big firm, you know, I'd use Mm -hmm. we a lot and I don't know who we referred to, you know, or I would, (laughs) I'd try to project this thing that wasn't very authentic, that we were this, you know, 
multinational firm when really it was just me sure. and one other dude, you know? Yeah. Um, and um, it, like in the process of trying to be something we weren't, we took out all the cool parts, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I think it's fantastic that you guys were able to say, no, let's leave that in. We know some people are going to say no to that, but we're going to be brave enough to say that's okay. And we're going to live it. You, you're definitely speaking my, I love that story brand book. I love Seth Godin. I'm kind of embarrassed by how much I like Seth Godin, but um, I know. Me too. <laughs> we have a similar kind of book vocabulary. I'm into those as well. Um, can you think yeah, of like- and you being, you know, um, feeling that way. I think everybody can relate to that. We went through that in bits and pieces as well. Um, for ourselves where we wanted to appear more serious at times and um, we realized everyone could kind of see through it (laughs) is what it ended up being. (laughs) Yeah. You're not fooling anybody with your executive office, you know? Yeah. Right. (laughs) (laughs) That's fantastic. Um, What can you think of like maybe from Seth Godin, was there like a particular kind of lesson that's kind of stuck with you that you've tried to kind of, I don't know, guide your practice? So I did invest in taking his storytelling workshop a Mm. couple years ago. Uh, So how to just construct a story in a more effective way. And that was extremely helpful. Um, There have been so many snippets, but I think it is, it's his idea of creating a tribe and Mm. how you don't have to speak to everybody. Mm. Um, I think that was one of the most one of the things that resonated most with us is that you don't have to speak to everyone. You speak to your people and you find your people and they will become raving fans and potentially spread the word amongst, you know, the people they know. But um, yeah. And I always, you know, I think what's her name? Uh, Dita Von Tees, Rita Von. Anyway, she talks about, you might be the ripest, juiciest peach but there's always going to be someone who doesn't like peaches. <laughs> <laughs> That's so well said. I love that. Yeah. yeah. I think I've heard Seth Godin say something like, um, instead of looking for the biggest audience you can serve, what's the smallest yeah. audience that you could kind yeah, of live with? Exactly. And then just be the only person catering to that audience in such a specific way. And I think you guys have done just a great job of, of being that. Um, I'm sure your firm is very successful and that your clients love you. So that's, that's great. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for sharing so much with us. Um, you know, in the other podcast interviews that I've seen you do or in other articles, you're just very generous and open about sharing your stories and, and uh, what what you care about. And it's just so refreshing to have people like that willing to share with us. And I, I just can't thank you enough for your time. Yeah, no problem. And I do want to say that, you know, when we first started, we also felt like we looked really young and we had worked before going to law school. So we were um, probably a little bit older, right? We were um, closer to 30, but we still felt that way. And sometimes now we look back at pictures of us when we first graduated law school and we're like, ha ha ha, no wonder people didn't take us seriously. <laughs> that's, that's the challenge. But yeah. it, to a certain extent, that's a good thing, right? Like there mm-hmm. are people who want a young, youthful lawyer who gets yeah. there, you know, and so rather than trying to pretend like you're 20 years older than you are, Maybe right. just lean into that, that weirdness. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Well, thanks so much, Trey. I appreciate your time. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me.